You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Good afternoon. And welcome to this broadcast. <laughs> broadcast. We are what broadcasting. Are what are you from 1955? We are broadcasting live on the digital internet. Over fiber optic cables Stop talking to your like ears. That. Stop. Why? Because it sounds horrible. Okay. <laughs> we are broadcasting on. No. The uh, light on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Use your own. That's Only my smashy voice. and nicey voice. Only English people understand that. All right. It is uh, before the after the show discussion. This is after the show. This is a podcast. We review movies. But before the after the show podcast, we also talk about something else. What were we talking about? Before this? Yeah. We actually listening to Adele's new album. Yep. That's what we were doing. Da, 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 Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. If I can't do a radio voice, you can't do it. <laughs> well, I can't sing it because I don't I don't record lyrics very well in my brain, but um Check my lyrics. I do like it. But I also like that Haim album that we got. That's not new, but what were I, we talking I mean, so, about? I I'll to be honest with you. Be- Two minutes ago, I have no recollection of into what we were talking co- about. Um, I was, some music that's cool at the moment, I'll recommend it to you listeners. You can listen to this music with your ears as a listener. Just don't sing it or use a funny voice to announce um, it. Churches, both of their albums, really good. It's not They're, spelled church, though. How it's spell it? churches with a V in the middle. Um, and the reason, churches. Yeah. Uh, and they're a Scottish band, really cool, like uh, synth pop kind of stuff. Um, I would also recommend New Order's new album. Which uh, a band from Manchester, their new album called Music, came out recently. Sid Talk would uh, probably recommend uh, Adele's <laughs> 25. Yeah. I thought you were going to get me out of the closet with something I heard the other day that I actually liked. Uh, she would also recommend... Just one song. Uh, one Just Direction's one... new album. No, not the whole album. I've only Just heard one? one song. One? I don't know the song of it. I don't, I don't know the song. You like both of the songs that they sang. Yeah, I like the first one better than the second one, but I mean, I have no interest Sid in Sid being a major One Direction fan. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> All I know, here's what I know about One Direction. <laughs> All of their shit is in the clearance aisle at every store you go to. So you're going to find One Direction stuff at Walmart, at Walgreens, but they're in the boxes at the end of the cap that are like not the box that goes with the One Direction stuff. It's like all the shit that they've dumped in there because it's now 99 cents. Anything that's really popular. The Spice Girls ended up in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the dump bin. Yeah. Who else? Um, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, and The only all reason that. I know of this song is because they were on Jonathan Ross. When we watched Jonathan Ross. So Sid Talk would recommend anything by 1D. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'll tell you this about me. I don't jump on a bandwagon. If I listen... A bandwagon. What? They're a band, aren't they? You jump, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't jump on the bandwagon. See, I don't even think that's <laughs> funny. I'm going to jump on your bandwagon. Um, if I listen to something and I just in- like it in the moment, then that's... I like it. I, I don't give a shit if somebody says, you know. So, there you go. So my- I-, I can be a snob about things. I don't mean snob like quality, because I know nothing about the quality of music. But I will not succumb to intentionally listening to things so other people can hear me listening to it so they think I'm cool or so that they think that I'm with it 
with it. What am I? 19 Hey man, I'm hip. I'm with it. But I'm just saying, I don't turn it on my radio so that if someone gets in my car, they go, oh, you love One Direction too. No, I'd rather be listening to like Pink Medicine by that bear person on EDM something or other, which I don't even know the names of them. But I, I, just, like. I just like what I like. If exactly. I and I like it, I like it. And I have a collection of, you exactly. know, as you know, my, my music collection is very eclectic. Very from eclectic. Taylor Swift Minus. to... From Taylor Swift to the Happy Mondays What's to missing? the Smiths. Country. There's yeah. no country. No country. I no would classical. never have country in there. You have classical. There is some classical on, in there on movie soundtracks. Yeah. But, um, no, don't say never because you don't know. Well, you I guess know. Taylor Swift is country, so there is some country. She's not country anymore. Carrie Underwood's the country one. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie. I don't like it. Taylor. But you don't know at all until you listen to a variety of it. So see, you're being a snob. I am a snob against country. I'm rap. Don't even I don't. Know. I don't have any rap either. I don't like rap. There's some rap in some of your movie ones. There would be. Definitely. Ghostbusters, the the, the theme song. Do you have eight? Mile. No. <laughs> what? I don't like the music in that. I know. I don't like that kind of music. You are snob. So I would not have that. What do you like? An elitist EDM kind of guy? Nope. I like no. most <laughs> things, but rap and country. Uh, not on my radar at all. They're, they're the, they're the and only... you find it hilarious when, like, where I'm from, where there's like 300 people and they're all very, very rural, and some of the young men are like super hardcore rap hardcore listeners. Rap, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's just a rebellion thing because it's just opposite of what you've been shoved down your throat your whole life. You know what I mean? So, so that's music hour. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to the actual podcast. It's Saturday. And what else was happening before you were ordering yourself a new coffee cup? Yes. And what's it going to have on it? BB-8 from Star Wars. Whatever. That, okay, from Star Wars. There you go. My coffee cup handle is falling off, so I need And you've had that cup. coffee cup and used it multiple times About a day. About 10 years. For, since we lived here. So it's time for a new Star Wars cup. 2005, you've been using that same cup every day. Me? I changed with the times. What have I got? My Giant. Cup. One of my cups. Yeah, because you don't like it. Because it's, too, it's big. too big. But what's on it? Darth it's Vader. But I'll ditch him eventually and just try another one. So, there you go. My actual cup where the handle was falling off had a picture of me and you on it. So, it was an <laughs> egotistical cup. <laughs> All right. So, it is... A sat- cup full of ego. Saturday, November the 28th. This is after the show number 403. The movie we're looking at this week, because we do review movies. And this week's a little bit different, because Marvel, who send us the uh, review copy... It's not different to these people. They don't give a shit. Well, it is different, because uh, you will not be getting a review of the extras, oh. or... Uh, the um, packaging or anything like that because this review Marvel have started to send I think the tide is turning and digital is becoming the new thing and physical copies are going out the wayside so we got digital code so the way we watched this movie was on Vudu through Disney digital code so it's the first time we've ever done it it worked fine, but I still prefer discs. It worked fine, but it annoys the crap out of me because we have to use our bandwidth. So they need to be aware of this. I'm, I'm grateful that they give it to you, but I don't think it's worth four gig of bandwidth or whatever it uses up. Because I'm on limited bandwidth here, people. They don't care about that. I know so, they don't care. Um, that's what I'm saying. No, I mean, the listeners do not care. So Well, they will care if they have to start downloading movies all the time instead of buying them. Because if that's... You think, oh, that would never happen. But there could come a time when they say, well, we're only releasing this mo- these movies because we don't want to go to the effort to put the money. It may not be an Ant-Man, but I'm saying there might be a time when you can't see movies unless you just stream them. And if you have 250 gigabytes of bandwidth and your family wants to sit and watch four or five movies a week, you can't do it. It's going to cost you a shitload of money. That will happen probably in about 10 to 15 years. Um, 
because there is a new Blu-ray format coming, 4K Blu-ray. So the so discs aren't going anywhere, but eventually it probably will all go streaming. But by that time, let's hope nobody's on data caps and everybody has as much internet as they want. So um, this is Ant-Man. It's from Marvel. It's a 2015 movie. It's actually released on Blu-ray on the 8th of December. So we're reviewing this a little bit early. It's a PG-13 and... Um, Thanks to our friends at Marvel for sending us a copy. So, Sid Talk, what's the synopsis of Ant-Man? Now, this one is a challenge because it's not like a lot of other movies where you say, give me the synopsis, and I'm like, everybody knows. This is an origin story of a superhero-ish kind of a person. So, a dude... Okay, this is going to sound very much like all of the movies. Dude, down his luck, kind of genius criminal mind, but low-class criminal... Wants to get back with his family. And some rich mofo wants to, like, do something dastardly. And there's another rich mofo who wants to stop the dastardly. And this this uh, kind of punk kind of guy gets caught in the middle. And one of them, they're actually working on this technology that'll shrink you down to the size of an ant. I'm pretty sure that's obvious from the name of the movie. And, I think um, it's pretty, I think. It's mingled in the Marvel Universe. Little tiny touches here and there. But it's not, like, in the guts of it yet. So... No, but it is a Marvel. It's really just a heist movie when you boil it down. Yes, yeah, so, a burgle movie. So let's. Um, I am a a massive Marvel fan. I mean, I'm talking like I watch everything Marvel. Like so, true. I watch all everything that's on TV that is Marvel and everything that is theater Marvel. So I don't read the comics, but I do watch everything they put out. And I have been heavily watching stuff recently. I just finished Agent Carter. I'm deep in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm also moving on to Daredevil and Jessica Jones next. So I follow everything Marvel and I'm always excited when a new movie comes along because, you know, they're the they're the big icing on the cake type things, the movies, because the budget's the highest and they're, they're the coolest stories, I think. But, so uh, Ant-Man. I, I'm very... Um, I didn't know much about Ant-Man. I've never read a comic. I actually didn't know he existed until they announced that movie. Mm-mm. I thought it... You know, like Aquaman. Like Never he, heard of such thing. No, I didn't know he existed. Uh, and then I had a look, and yeah, obviously it was there was a big series of Ant Man comics. Still is. Um, so I don't know nothing about Ant Man. So I don't know nothing about his story. I don't know. Or you don't know anything. Let's, yeah. Let's be so I don't know. Correct. I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> um, so uh, going into Ant Man, I all I knew was he could shrink down to the size of an ant, and he's really strong because I've seen that in the trailer. Um, but after watching it, I enjoyed it, let me say, but I felt a little bit underwhelmed by it as a Marvel movie. I think it, it, this is a bit, um, a cliche thing to say, but it felt a bit too small for me. Yeah. Um. I love how you think you're so funny. (laughs) But it was... I know what you're saying. It's claustrophobic. And it's super formulaic. Like, I mean, it's quite obvious what's going on all the time. I didn't really have a surprise apart from there was one surprise for me and it was a fun surprise and it actually involved a member of the Avengers. I didn't expect that to happen in this movie. That was my least favorite part of the movie. I found it really fun, like, just as a nod to this, to Ant-Man possibly being part of the bigger Marvel What it did to me was compared him to that guy and that guy to me is low-end. So yeah, he's matter. he's B-rate Avenger, isn't he, to me, uh, Falcon? <laughs> he, he really is. Like It's unfortunate, but that's the way I... I don't know the whole universe like you do, but to me, he's just a side, side yeah. note. 
But Falcon appears in this movie, and there's a bit of a scene between Ant-Man and Falcon. If they give Falcon a whole movie, I might be on board more with him. Yeah. Because he's cool, but he doesn't pull much weight with me. So, but, that's my negative. My positive is, I always have fun with Marvel movies. I think they're really fun, like, always. Like, I love superheroes. I love the idea of superheroes. This is a very different superhero, I find. Like, it's, it's, I liked the fact that he's, you know, he's a different type of man. When he's not the when he's not Ant Man, you know he's this petty criminal, but he's got a good brain on him. Um, but he's like, you know, it shows that he's not. He doesn't care that much. He's only just getting to realize that he, you know, he's got a daughter and he messed his marriage up and he's trying to pull himself together. But he's not trying that hard to pull himself together. I like all that part of it. You know that it, he's not a perfect dude. Then. I, you could say Tony Stark's not a perfect dude, but <laughs> yeah. he's got it a lot better than this guy, you know? Yeah, but he's just as messed up. He just happens to have money. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, that's actually part of his problem. It's very formulaic, though. I mean, all Marvel things are, and mm-hmm. all superhero things are. This, it's all kind of the same mishmash thing. Stan Lee just kind of... It's almost like he just... Added- yeah, don't get me started on the three dudes who come along to help him, because that almost was, like, ridiculous to me. His friends. Ugh, ridiculous. More of the, like, stupid, stereotypical... Yeah, he, like he has, a, like, a crew. He's yeah, a- but it's just insulting. It was like, seriously, I, I want... I want... If I have a superhero person, or a hero person, or the, the main person, and they have to bring along a crew, I want the crew to be smarter and cooler and more interesting than my leading person, man or woman. I want the rest of the people... To be so interesting to me that now I'm really interested in what they're going to do. This was incredibly boring. They tried to be funny and all that. And I just... Just really... It's very stereotype characters. And it's very comic booky. It's very one-dimensional. You know, it's... Or one-directional. It's everything you would expect from a comic book type of characters to me. But what I really enjoyed about this movie is the actual special effects of when he shrinks down to an ant. I thought it was really well done. The very first time he does it and he's in the bathtub and he stood in the bathtub as a normal man and then he's the size of an ant. And the all of a sudden, the special effects, I, re- I loved it. It was like the bathtub was like a, um, a football stadium, the size of a football stadium. And he was in... And I felt the danger, like, oh, yeah, like... Everything's dangerous now. Yep, totally. Like I everything. felt, I understood. I mean, we've yeah. all seen movies from years past, including Baby I Shrunk, or Honey I Shrunk the Baby, Kids. Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Honey I Blew Up the Baby, all those, where you get the, and then you've got, even before that, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman and all that, where you've got, you know, Hollywood magic of something, someone being tiny amongst all of our normal day to day things. And now is the time. When we can see it and be convinced. Really good. More, I mean, there's the, there were moments of like, uh, but then I realized they had to have conversations where they're saying, if we had to focus on this guy and he's super tiny, because a lot of it's blurry around them, Could that's really what fast. would happen. Yeah. Everything around would be like super blurry, out of focus. And that yeah. might be why all those movies before haven't looked quite right, because you've got... You can clearly see all this big giant lettering on everything. And if you're actually focused on something that tiny, everything. So I think it, I think they did a good job of thinking about it. I think it it was really imaginative. There was a scene where there was a load of stuff rattling around them, including an iPhone and like a pencil sharpener and some weird. They were in 
a place, let me say, and there was a, a contents of somebody's bag rattling around with them. Uh, and everything's to scale, and like you, you understand how big of it and how everything is dangerous. Like the iPhone just falls in the wrong way, and it would squish both of them. Like it's it's really, I, I bought it totally. There's a part where he's on a model train set. <laughs> that was really it's just good. really fun. <laughs> like I was like, oh, there's so much fun you could have with this small character. And they did a lot of fun stuff, like going inside a computer, which is like yep. my... I was like, oh, they're inside a computer. And then I was like, oh, where are the fans? Because everything... There was no fans. Like, I was waiting for somebody to get trapped in a fan or, you know, slice. very nerdy of you. In a fan. Yeah, but they were in a computer. <laughs> it was really cool how they, how they all, um, mm-hmm. met, you know, stopped the computer working, all these ants. I just love the special effects. I think it's almost... They didn't do... It justice enough, like another movie. Like there's, there's a lot of scenarios I can think of an Ant Man to be in that would be really scary. Yet they, like I say, this movie felt like it was just the beginning of an idea, like a small thing. And I know this ran through some production troubles. Like Edgar Wright was directing yeah. it. Yeah, he directed about thirty days into his job. He got fired, and they put somebody else on the on the case. That has to affect a movie in some way because. As we know, and I'm a huge fan of Edgar Wright, I think Scott Pilgrim is one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Like, he's got... Scott, he knows, Edgar Wright, how comic books are and what's how to make them visual on on the screen. I think it would have been a very different movie with, with Edgar Wright at the helm. And I know Edgar Wright gets a lot of other credits and he did write this and stuff, but I feel like something happened in this movie because it's not right up there with the other Marvel movies that I usually come out of a Marvel movie and that is instantly my new favourite Marvel movie. They just progressively get better for me. Like Captain America's, you know, The Winter Soldier was amazing and we just watched Age of Ultron, you know, it was real fun to watch. But this one just came across a little bit down the scale to me and I think it was because of how small it was. How... Yeah, claustrophobic is what I always say. I know it's supposed to be You don't feel like anybody else... There's nothing the outside else going of, on. No. And like the Avengers, one, you feel... There's even one joke where he says, isn't this when we should call the Avengers? And it's yeah. like, uh, And it's like a blow-off to like, yeah, this isn't even big enough for them kind of thing. Yeah. He, what does he say about the Avengers? I remember. About the flying city. It's about what oh, they just did in... they're too busy Angel dropping Ultra. cities from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like a direct nod to like, they do big stuff, we're a small thing. But still, it it didn't feel like enough all, all overall. I like the heist. And you have Hydra. Coming in. Yeah. I mean, it's t- this is tied into the Marvel Universe all over the place. There's mentions of this, there's mentions of that, but... And, you know, there's an end scene, stay after the credits, that obviously sets up something But even, new. The, even the Avengers is, seems claustrophobic sometimes. You don't feel like the whole world is well, there's always stake. a big... Well, I did in the first Yeah, but the big action doesn't make me feel like the whole world is at stake. Now, when Superman, from the 1970s, flies around the planet in, like, complete, utter, like mournful grief that he just saw what's-her-face fall into the ground. You know who I'm talking about? Lois Lane. Yes. And he flies around the planet over and over and over really fast just to get time to How go does backwards. That work? I don't know. He just flies around <laughs> fast enough to make it crank backwards like he's it. rewinding. But that that is a scene that I remember and I remember even thinking like he's a big deal. Like he can actually... He could save anybody anytime. There's just not enough of him, but he could actually... It's a big deal. He's a big scale thing. Whereas even the Avengers, I feel, kind of 
I mean, Thor makes you go outside, you're in another realm and all that shit. But, and so you feel like the earth is a little more vulnerable, you know, because you're just, but all of them have this problem. But I mean, and and I guess that's the idea of Ant-Man. He's a small man and he's, but he should. Where, where he's a small he's superhero, he shouldn't that... be dealing with. He shouldn't be solving a very small problem. But that's After... it. They're going to use him to solve tiny little problems. I'm not yeah. mean, I mean, just that's little tiny heists, little tiny get in and out. I mean, the result might be a big deal, but whatever we see of him is always going to have to be scaled to size. It's going to be goofy <laughs> yeah. always, and it's going to be small. Yeah, but um. I like, you know, let's go on to the cast here. Paul Rudd actually plays Ant-Man. I really love Paul Rudd. have since, I don't know, the longer. I, I just, you know, he's. I find him very funny. I find him very charming. I think he can do both of those things, like, to be... I didn't... At first, I was like, how is he going to be as a superhero? But he just melded into it, and I was fine with him. Like, I wasn't like, oh, God, he's a pain yeah, in the Yeah, but he ass. never was superhero ever. He didn't no, I mean, how ever. does he act when he, he gets to grips with Ant-Man? You know, he does get to grips with it eventually. Like, he never acts any different. He always acts a little bit smart-assy and a little bit, like, dopey. Yeah. He's, he's never I, like, da-da-da, I'm a superhero. No, and I think he probably will be eventually, but uh, I... At first, uh, when they first cast him, I was like, oh, I don't know, it's probably going to be too silly. Like, it's going to be silly, silly. But they didn't go that far with it. It's not like Anchorman. It's not silly. It's more, like like I said, he's just he's just a lovable kind of guy. Um, and he's funny. You know, there are one-liners. It's not overblown. There's not too many one-liners in this movie. Do you think? No. I think it's fine. I mean, they could have gone stupid with it, with this. They're going to go, oh, we got Paul Rudd. It's a funny kind of thing anyway. Let's go stupid. They don't. They leave that to those well, th- yeah, the three, three characters. It's, but that really lowers the quality of the movie to me, like really badly. It holds up pretty good. I'm convinced. Let's cover those three now. Okay. Uh, Michael Penner, who I really like, T.I., and David das- Dastmalchian. There is three friends. Yeah, they're, well, they're friends. They're also criminals. They're also. Stereotypes, and I don't mean in a yeah. good way. In like a bad the worst possible. A Russian, a Russian with a tracksuit on, a. Mexican or Latino kind of guy who just acts like an idiot. And what's the other guy? The African American, like a rapper, yeah, but all not, very but not. They're smart, so let's 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 make sure everybody knows they're smart, which they are. They're all clever enough to help pull off the heist, but they make them act like fucking idiots, and I don't. I they, don't buy into that. I understand that at what all. They, they just think it's funny. Yeah, but if I am an African American dude or anybody and watching it. There's the only representation, and I'm not saying that that's every movie's responsibility or any of that shit. I'm not preaching about it. I'm just saying it's like it's a side thought. Oh, crap. This is a movie where we don't have any... We're very limited in our representation of everybody here. Again, once again, Marvel is very limited. So what do we got to do? What did Transformers do? Throw a couple of characters in there that are supposed to represent some other type of person, and yet they're... Idiots, and that really them, is a big black X on this movie. I find them very similar to the characters in the Fast and the Furious universe, who are also stereotypical, yes. and thrown in for fun. Yeah, like these two are funny. You know which two I mean. Yep, yep. These two are funny. African American. But we've established they're very clever, they're very brave, the same very thing. smart. Yeah, we've made yeah. these characters reliable and dependable and loyal and all these other amazing things that you want your but then dumb heroes to be, and other. then make their dialogue and their behavior as if we want to make sure they are second class amongst the rest of the people. And I find that really annoying. Like 
as soon as it started, I was like, oh, crap. And then it went on and on and on. And what they do and what they accomplish is a huge part of the of what how the thing turns out well. So why make them, like, idiots? I don't get it. I get why they do it, but I wouldn't do it if I was them. So Michael Douglas plays Dr. Hank Pym. Um, There's an awesome scene, the very opening scene to this movie, where they make <laughs> Michael Douglas look young again. Not young but maybe 30 years shave off him. And they do it in, with CG, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding, or with makeup, I don't know. But I was watching him and I was like, holy crap, I'm watching mo- a movie with Michael Douglas from 30 years ago standing there. I'm not like going, oh God, look at that makeup. I'm not doing any of that. What the hell? It was so good. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to see it. It's only a very short scene at the beginning, but uh, Michael Douglas is very young and you're almost convinced you're watching a movie from 30 years ago with a minute. Um, and Peggy Carter makes an appearance in it. You know, it's a cool scene. Um, but apart from that, what did you think of uh, Michael Douglas throughout? Feels good. I mean, he, you know, he holds back from being the Michael Douglas of the prime years, you know, from like the game or something where there's a little bit of a caricature of his whatever he is, like that aging, authoritative. I do tend to but get a little these. bit evil, but a little bit like you're not 100 percent sure where he's coming from. But he's very paired back, and I think that it suited him. And I wasn't like it was like the Robert Redford. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was just about it brings, to say. It doesn't bring any more class to me. I, I disagree with you on that. It doesn't like make it better. It just means that he he slots in, but he doesn't like rise above everybody else. Or to me, he doesn't anyway. In fact, we're going to talk about her in a minute. Um, I would turn around. Uh, is, Next up is uh, Evangeline Lilly plays his daughter, Hope Van Deen. And uh, you'll know her from Lost. That's where you'll know her from. And what did I... I've never liked her, hardly. No. I only liked her in a couple of things along the way. And I thought she was really good. Yeah, I did. This. The thing that bothered me about her was her hair. It looked like a wig. Was no, it a wig? it's pretty common these days. Was it a wig? I don't know. After watching Jurassic World last week with the woman who also had that kind yeah, of Yeah, it's pretty common these days. There's a couple of... Hers looked like a wig. I don't know what it was. I kept looking at her hair thinking that... That could be a wig. It was bugging me. But apart from that, her, herself, she was good. Yep. And, you know, they're setting her up to be a Marvel superhero, which is awesome, I think, because she does fit for me. Like, she's not, you know, she... I used to think she was a bad actress, but there was none of that in there. Nope, she was fine. Yeah. Um, Bobby Carnival plays Paxton, and he is the husband of Ant-Man's ex-wife. Uh, it happens to be a policeman. What do you think of him? I really like him from um, the station agent. Oh, that was it. I didn't realize that's yeah. who he was. He, yeah. was the, he was the guy from the station agent. Um, in this? Underutilized, but underutilized, he totally fits yeah. the part. He wasn't over the top at all. He was totally right. He's like the boyfriend of the ex-wife and the soon-to-be stepfather of the daughter and, of course, Paul Rudd. But they make it... They're, they're very modern about it because they don't make him into a complete asshole to where you want well, Ant-Man to get back into the family. It's more like, look, this is how it is and this is guy is a good guy and you... That's it. I mean, they're not your family anymore, but this guy's He's good to be trusted with your family. And that's a different thing than in the past. We've usually made the... Uh, the new man, like a buffoon or part of the bad guys or somebody who can be discarded. And this guy seems pretty solid. Like, we might see him again. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Corey Stoll plays the bad guy in this movie. He plays Darren Cross. Um, Who's good. And Yellow Jacket, eventually. But, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's very low-key, so it's hard to feel like he's revved up to be bad. I felt like he was... He's a little more hurt than he is bad. Yeah. Like, his little feelings have been hurt all these years, and now he's going to get revenge by selling this... He felt a little this... bit disposable to me, though. Yeah. Like, like, almost like, oh, he didn't really matter that much, so whatever happens to him, happens to him. Yeah. Like, you know? That's how I felt about him. I didn't think, like, well, he is going to be part of a bigger thing, and we're going to see him develop throughout different Marvel movies. I just thought, well, he's the bad guy for this movie. And that's it, probably. You and know? he isn't that menacing. He's just like he's... Yeah. He wants to get his little bit of I revenge. Liked, no, I liked... There was a very menacing scene in the toilet. I found that to be very menacing. How yeah. he How he just did what he did, like, with no... And then just washed his hands. But overall... Yeah, but overall, I didn't find... That was... At that moment, I was like, oh my god, this guy is going to go off the... He's, he's bad, like... But then, he, he kind of fizzled out a little bit until, you know, he mm-hmm. had a fight. Um, fizzled out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Anthony Mackie is Falcon. I put him down, too. But, you know, he plays Falcon, he's in it a little bit, and uh, then he disappears. So, uh, this is directed by Peyton Reed, who also directed, if you remember, the Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man. And uh, the breakup with Jennifer Aniston. So he is a kind of comedy director. So I guess it fits with this movie. Because it, it has got a lot of laughs. It's that kind of movie. It's not really a serious superhero movie. Uh, which which one would you say is Marvel's serious superhero movie? Like the Hulk? It's kind of serious. The one with Ed... Yeah. Edward Norton. That Definitely. one's kind of played not for laughs ever, is it? It's more... But then you've got... What's his face? William Hurt as the kind of weird comical general in a way. So yeah. that makes it kind of loopy. Yeah, but there's I'm trying to think which is the most serious of the Marvel movies. It's obviously not Guardians of the Galaxy and it's obviously not Iron Man because they're all full of I feel like uh Captain America was the second not one. that even the first one wasn't like goof it up much, you know? But this guy Peyton Reed, you know, I don't know how much of this is Edgar Wright's thing and how much of this is because Edgar Wright actually directed a bunch of it so you'll never know I guess don't well obviously know. none of it will be left for Edgar Wright because they didn't like the way he did it so yeah they well they probably I don't <laughs> think you throw everything up there's probably are things that they, they were fine with not necessarily um, but I don't know you can't, you'll never know like a behind the scenes thing of a movie that gets messed with during production you're not going to know so as far as the movie that eventually came out of this um, Peyton Reed's movie I think it's fairly uneven. Like it, it's not a full. It's not fully great to me. There's a lot of, like you say, the the those three characters. I wouldn't have even had them to be honest. I would have had them and keep all the good parts of who they are and how helpful they are I, and how and then ha- because you're gonna need more people for this heisty thing, but make them credible human beings. It's not that difficult. You know, it's really not. You have really good actors, because they're all fine. Performers. Really good. In fact, if they pull off this, I don't know why, if you're in that role, why you, why you don't think that it looks or bad. You, or you question it, at least. Yeah. I guess you're, you're enamored. Are you trying to be the comedy? Are they saying to you, oh, you're the comedy relief of the whole movie? Well, that's not fair either, because you shouldn't put all that on a little group of characters. I mean, well, you can't clearly. say that they're the comedy, because Paul Rudd's also the comedy relief in this movie. Yeah, but movie. he's more... You know? He's more in the moment, like a natural kind of a thing. And it's not his whole character. His character is someone who loves his daughter. He wants to make good. 
You know, you get all that. These guys are all just buffoons. I have to say a special mention to the aunt, Anthony. Who was <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd's special aunt. Because he's a character in yep. himself, you know, in this movie. So well, not I, really. But... He, well, he, he's his he's He his just mount. shows part of Ant-Man's character, really, is what that's about. So, yeah, I don't know who played Anthony. CG, some pixels played him, <laughs> but uh, Anthony. So, um, extras on this Blu-ray. We didn't review the Blu-ray, so there are no extras. When you buy this on Blu-ray, there will be extras. <laughs> we won't know what they are, but you'll be able to buy it on Blu-ray. Um, so, in conclusion on Ant-Man... Um, I love Marvel movies. I liked this movie. It isn't my favorite Marvel movie, but I do feel it fits into the whole thing and obviously is going to be expanded upon because it even says in the credits it is. It says, like James Bond, Ant-Man will return. So um, it fits. I just, it didn't, you know. It's it, fun enough. And yeah. it, but it's a and very... we only just watched Age of Ultron. And I, I really liked Age of Ultron a lot. Like, Just? Yeah. It's been a long time. It was like four weeks ago. So, was it? Yeah. No, so, it was more than that. No, it was about four weeks ago. So um, that was impressive to me. Not as impressive as the first Avengers again, but it was all, it's also like we've seen so many Marvel movies at this point. It can't be as... You do get into Overload eventually, don't you? Eventually people will... I need to find... I need in a movie, I don't care who it is... If the threat is big, I need to be aware of it. Now, in a movie that's a lot of people like to make fun of, but you happen to love is Armageddon or Fourth of July. Um, not Fourth of July. Born on the Fourth of July. Independence Day. These are cheesy throwaway movies. Yes, they're just for laughs part of the time and for fun, but they're totally you know iconic to me as from '90s kind of weird you know disaster movies. And what they do is in a very cheap and easy way. Show you tiny, and it may be like the cheapest way of possible, but they show you little clips of people everywhere being affected by what we're about to experience. And to remind you that when this asteroid hits, it's not just America that's going to be affected, or it's not just America that's going to be affected when whatever the other one was, you know, like that Independence Day that you see and you hear from all the different places and while they don't go big huge production and show big huge scenes everywhere but they do a little bit in Independence Day they show the you know alien ship being brought down in different countries and they remind you that other countries and you get this even if it's a tiny little bit of a reminder that the whole world is at threat here all the people everywhere I mean and I mean the whole but world this- is at threat from in this Ant-Man movie too it's just not I mean this thing that's being invented that this bad guy's got his hands on. I mean, it's more like a political, easy to use in war and stuff. It's not even going to affect everyday humans. At least that's not the impression I get. It's going to be a weapon. It's going to be used for whatever. I mean, you can think of the potential. The video that, that they the, show. That the bad guy can go boardroom. around shrinking down whole cities where the people and crushing them and all that. They that's show a video in the boardroom in the movie. And that video is quite funny. It, it, that almost felt like an Edgar Wright thing to me, like because it's kind yeah, of it's ridiculous. It, it's very sarcastic and it's very um, Starship Troopers. That's how it felt yeah. to me. Um, that explains like what they were go- what they're going to yeah, use. Yeah, but that doesn't, have, doesn't impact me at all as a human being. I don't give a shit if, what kind of soldier you have in your war. I really don't. No, I just thought it was a cool way of showing what could be done with this technology. But that doesn't but, show me global effect. 
And but they also showed you a bit of the global effect by like, oh no, it won't just be military. It'll be where, you know, spying on people or like you as, See, a, you, as an individual. But that also doesn't show me anything. Doesn't tell me anything. Doesn't make me worry. It doesn't make me feel connected to the person in Australia or China or Australia or somewhere And I guess else, this isn't Canada. supposed to be a global disaster kind of thing. It's just a small, and that's the idea. But everything to do with Marvel and superheroes and supervillains is a potential threat to our to all earthlings, right? That's kind of the idea. Particularly when you get to Thor's level being from whole other whole other realm or whole other galaxy or whatever he's from. Asgard. Right. What is that? It's not another galaxy, it's, it's a, another realm. Yeah. Because you have to pass through to it, right? That, like I said, magnifies the fact that we are sort of out here vulnerable. Guardians of the Galaxy makes me feel like, ooh, we're just a tiny little speck over here, and all this other shit can go down. Should be the movie that makes you feel like you're a tiny little speck, shouldn't it? It doesn't at all. It makes me feel like Ant Man's a tiny little speck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did enjoy it, I have to say, but it's not right up there with my Guardians of the Galaxy as no. being my favourite one so far. Um, well, there's a lot of room in between there. It's still worth a watch. Um, and you can actually pick it up right now. Um, week two weeks before the Blu-ray comes out on digital copy, oh, you have to go to DisneyMoviesAnywhere.com and you can you can rent a copy, you can download a copy. It's not a copy; you're just watching. Digital copy—that's what we call it. No, no, but it's not, is it? Uh, yes. It isn't. You're just streaming the file. You can download the file also and keep it on your device and play it whenever you want. So, no. it's not a digital copy. It is exactly a digital copy. It's just a file. It? It's not a copy device. of the movie, though. I mean, it is. it's not going to sit on your shelf where it's That's nice and safe. That's a copy on Blu-ray. Yeah, that is a copy to me. Hmm. I disagree. because Digital I... files don't feel like that to me. They feel like vulnerable and easy to ditch and easy to lose and I, they I, rely on I am that. not the biggest fan. This is the way uh, Marvel chose to distribute um, Ant-Man to reviewers. I'm not the biggest fan of digital copies. I get digital copies all the time in Blu-rays, and they're non-valuable to me. I put them into my Voodoo account, but and they all sit there in my Voodoo account, and I've got a nice collection of hundreds of movies in there, but then I think one day Voodoo will just close down and all those movies are gone, which is probably what will happen, right? Because, as we know, things have closed down. They don't give you a, re- a compensation for all that. They just, oh, exactly. just go away with them. like So, yeah, that's the disadvantage. Uh, so, thank you to Disney... And uh, you can ke- you can get that on Disney Movie Anywhere. Uh, contest. You can win. I have a new contest just gone up, actually, this afternoon. To win a copy of Goodnight Mommy, a new horror movie. Uh, you can actually re- win that from now. Just go to aschoolie.com and you can enter. You just have to answer one simple question and you have to live in the USA. That's the only stipulations on it. Thank you to Disney for this review. And next week we will be reviewing Vacation, which is the sequel to Vacation. (laughs) National Lampoon's Vacation. So we will be looking at that next week. Uh, Games and Ace Scully stuff. What have I been playing this week? I've been playing a couple of games. First off, it was like Black Friday week and it was mostly disappointing for me. You know, I always look at video games to be really cheap and they often are. And I think there was a lot of cheap video games this year, but every single one that I saw were on was the Xbox One, which is not what I have, so the point was to me. But the Windows Store had a sale. Now, if you you probably don't know there's a Windows Store, but if you own Windows 10 or Windows 8 and you go in your start menu, there's a little store where you can buy things from. Now they had a they had a sale, and I'm sure not many people figured it out because I, I don't think that store's used very much. 
But they had a 10 cent sale, everything for 10 cents. And they had a big store part where albums, movies, and games were all 10 cents a piece. So I had a fully thorough rummage through the whole thing because I had some uh, Microsoft credit in my account, uh, Xbox points. And I was like, well, I can use them. 10 cents is nothing for a game. So I did find Halo Spartan Assault, which is a new Halo mobile game, which is actually really cool. And I, did, I do own the previous version of it, the one that came out a couple of years ago. So I got that for 10 cents. And with my other 10 cents, I got a Lord's album, a new uh, album. Um, I had 20 cents in change, but the sale's still on, actually. It's on for a few more days. Um, so I recommend you go and have a look. If, if you're running Windows 10, all the games in there are all 10 cents. And there's lots of cool ones. Hydro Thunder Hurricane is another cool one I think you should all pick up. I picked it up for $10 like eight years ago. And now it's 10 cents. It's a cool speedboat racing game. Um, I've also been playing on Steam. And this is thanks to CheapyD at uh, CheapassGamer.com. He had a contest this week on Twitter. And he said, the next five people to tweet me can get a free copy of Exile's End, which is a brand new game that just came out on Steam. And I happened to win, which uh, never happens. I'm usually way too slow. But I, I guess I was, you know, the quickest one. So I won a copy of Exile's End, and I've been playing it. And what it is, it's like somebody made a Super Nintendo game or a Sega Genesis game today, but exactly the same, like like honing themselves into that. We can't make it better than what it would have been. Like, we can't make it look better. We can't make it sound better. But we could make a better game because we've learned a lot about how to make games at this point. So it's a, it's like... If you've played the Metroid games on the Super Nintendo, it's like one of those. You're running around a map, you're backtracking to find, you know, you might find a laser and then you'll go back and there'll be a door that only a laser will open. So it's like a puzzle. It's like this big... And you've crash-landed on this planet and you don't know why you've crash-landed on this planet. Now, there's like a filter over the screen that makes it look like you're playing it on an old tube TV. It's kind of distorted in the corners and it's got like lines on the screen so it looks... It's a really good representation of what a game looks like on a tube TV, but but emulated. Um, it's ten dollars to buy. Obviously, I won it, so I didn't pay anything. But it's a cool game. It's like um, it's like somebody made a Super Nintendo game yesterday, and then put it out, and nobody puts out a Super Nintendo game these days. So um, yeah, really cool. Exile's End, and uh, that is all I've been playing this week. So Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Tonight will be some leftover tofu from the Thanksgiving and vegetables. I think that's it. That's cool. We don't have a lot. I didn't go to the store. So the peas. We ate the pizza. No, we had pizza left. I noticed it in the fridge. No, we don't. Oh. (laughs) Oh, we can have eggs. We have scrambled eggs. That would be good too. But we're having tofu. So it's kind of high protein dinner there. But. Vegetables and protein. I mean, vegetables and tofu. <laughs> Sounds okay. And uh, that's it. My advice is... I didn't ask you for your advice. Just I'm giving you my there. advice. Oh. Uh, just I find it funny. Maybe I'm super... Is it skepticism or cynicism? I don't know which it is. But I just want people to be more aware that all around you, 
You are constantly being manipulated. How you feel, what you think, constantly. Everyone around you wants to change the way you feel or the way you think about something. Now, I'm not talking about big government conspiracy. I'm talking about everything from just like between you and me. There are times when I get annoyed and I don't give a shit if you want everyone to be all nice and placid and quiet and unemotion. Hmm. You, you just don't want any show of emotion. Like, you just don't. That's the way you are and it drives me crazy because there are times when something annoys me and I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. And then literally that second, I'm over it. But if I have to bottle it up all, so you're trying, you're, you're thinking, oh, don't get upset or whatever it is. Well, you're trying to control the way I'm showing my emotion, even in your own subtle, innocent, perfect, Mr. Perfect way, right? And that's on one level of then the next time I want to show my emotion, do I show it? Because then he's going to make a comment or it's going to make him feel weird. Or should I not show my emotions at all and just bottle it all up inside? Or should I only show my emotion when I get in my car and like scream and pound my, my steering wheel or scream into my pillow when I go to bed? Because someone around me is not wanting me to show my actual emotion. Or it could be another level. At work, one day somebody made a very, well, to me, inappropriate comment about our pres like it's one of those comments that people like to make about the president and just this flip it flip it but in he he's thinking he's in this safe little environment where everybody's jump gonna jump on his little bandwagon like oh our president and his Muslim brothers of course he's never gonna do anything to help America something like that right now I find that inappropriate and ignorant beyond. I mean, my mind went, went on fire. Not that I'm defending our president, because you know what? I don't know anything. I don't know jack shit. And that's what I said. I said, um, oh my okay, that's kind of bullshit. First of all, you don't know anything. So I don't know why you think you can comment on something you know nothing about. And why do you think it's appropriate to say that at work? Like, I don't get why that seems appropriate for you. Now, what he was wanting was for me to either go along with what he's saying or be like elbow to elbow, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Terrible president. Oh, yeah. Like, he wants to control or somehow infect what I think hmm. or at least get me on board or find out if I'm on board. It's just all those little things. And then people react different ways. I don't buy it. I don't like it. I, I, I just, I can see it for what it is when people are trying to, like... You know, even things I agree with. If I'm listening to a podcast, like I do listen to some atheist podcasts. I don't consider myself an atheist, but someone else would because I don't believe in anything. I believe in nothingness. I don't even believe in not believing in something. That's what, to me, that's what an atheist is. Someone who makes a stand on not believing. And I, I don't even do that. But I'll listen. Now, I might agree with a lot of what's going on, but then they do the same thing as everyone else does. And they try to inject you with their own, yeah. you know... Well, well, if you think that, then you're an idiot. Or, well, you must be delusional if you think that. Well, that also doesn't weasel its way into my mind because I can see it coming. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to take what you're saying and how you're saying it and split them apart and figure out if I agree with you or not. And if I don't, then I don't. And if I do, then your manipulation part isn't affecting me. It's just the information you're giving me. So I just find it amazing that people don't either realize that they are trying to constantly manipulate other people or that other people are, are really working hard to manipulate them. 
and sometimes in a very bad way to a person who's not doesn't feel very strong or can't be confident about their own opinion. And so when everyone around them is like hammering them with all the like that guy with his negative, you know, anti-Obama, anti-everything. America needs to be the Wild West again, and we all should have guns. And um, I've even heard someone at work, and I'm not shitting you, in a conversation over to the side. And the comment was something similar to, I don't understand why segregation was such a bad idea. <laughs> now, I don't know the context of that comment, but I was like, <laughs> you know. Wow, I would like to know the rest of that conversation. I know the gist of the conversation because I heard little bits and pieces of it. But that was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, I don't know. Just be aware that if you respect somebody and they say something to you that you don't necessarily agree with, but they're trying to emotionally blackmail you or like intellectually blackmail you, like, well, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you must be an idiot. Or if you don't agree with what I'm saying, I can't love you as much. Or if you don't agree with what I'm saying, we can't be friends. Or whatever it is. You are being manipulated. And if you're fine with that, fair enough. But just be aware of it. All right. So yeah. also be aware of <laughs> our websites, aschoolie.com and sidsaw.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch us on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show. You can listen to the podcast there. The iTunes Music Store, subscribe there. Xbox Podcast, subscribe there. Or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast and listen to it there. Or subscribe there. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want to be influenced by you. <laughs> ah, You can try. Uh, also, a uh, special mention here. Make sure you watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead if you've not watched it yet. Because uh, a new episode is on tonight and it is very, very fun if you like horror. What, what channel is it, it on? It is pretty fun. What channel is it on? I don't know. Stars. Stars Correct. Network. So yeah, check it out. It's on tonight. And uh, finally, stay classy, Mr. Paul Rudd. And uh, I look forward to seeing Ant-Man on a much bigger adventure next time. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, you're letting somebody do it for you. <laughs>